You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, cross-dresser and author of the Living with Cross-Dressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of foxandhanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hey, Savannah. How are you today? I am good, but I have to tell you, there is a pandemic on, as you're well aware. Oh, yes. But here's the problem. Something happened to me today that actually makes the pandemic pale in comparison. Really? Yes. Um, I went to Starbucks today. I'm on my way to Starbucks. And as typically, because of it's all mobile ordering now, makes it for mm. quicker you know, drink uh, ordering, I wanted to order my drink on the way. Well, all of a sudden, it, my app doesn't want to let me log in. Um, it doesn't know my password. And mm. I swear to God, for me, this was like end of the world, end of days, apocalyptic scenario of what could happen in my life. I'm looking at you and I see like color changing and like definitely some beads of sweat as you're telling the story. It's, it's, I don't drink coffee, but I can only imagine this is like Armageddon. It, yes. You know? it, it was a caffeine again is what it was. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so ironic. It's like, you know, I kind of do this, the pandemic day to day. I don't really get too deep into like the politics or like, you know, what's going on and how the spikes are in the valleys of right. the cases and stuff. And I try to keep is like kind of more focused and kind of keep tunnel vision on what I'm doing. So this was like one of those stupid first world problems where I'm like, oh my God, my Starbucks app doesn't work anymore. Oh, what a world, what a world. Uh, it was, it was devastating. Because <laughs> that, it, it messed with the simple things. In life. It messed with the why, why you're like, eh, it's a, it's a pandemic. I'll just go along with my life. Because you've had all your needs met in terms of like, the coffee. I think the coffee for you is basically the source of your humanity. It might be. In a it sense. It really is a source of my normality. Mm, if you think nice. about it, it's like it's a daily occurrence. It's kind of like a standard. It's always there. And for some reason, well, what like, happened? Well, <laughs> did, you, did the world end? I mean, it, it did not, but it didn't end because I was able to whatever server problem they were having on their app was fixed. I was able to get a new login, new password. Nice. All my stars and rewards came up. I was able to log in. Now I got my thumbprint to start it just in case. <laughs> I got my stars back, my previous you orders back. You got your back. DNA. You got put my your DNA, DNA in. Right. Yeah. Got, my, got my saliva in there. Everything's good. Uh, so the world has righted itself and is now maintaining its course. Ooh, I'm so glad. I mean, for you, that's you're a survivor. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so now, so now I am a Savannah Starbucks Sunday survivor. The hashtag is getting longer yes. and longer. Um, <laughs> but that is not what we're here for today, because no. you know what today is. What day is it today? Today is our wonderful podcast that so we get to spend time yes. together. And, and that's also one of my, one of the things that keeps me righted and balanced and focused. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. But I know we, thank we, you. thank you. You're welcome. Thank stop you. Stop it. You, you stop. No, stop. You, you no, stop. No, you stop. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, I'm sorry. Anywho. Uh, I know we've been like kind of going through 
some lighthearted episodes and we've been kind of going into some deeper uh, you know deeper things um as conversation points and talking about you talking about me talking about the society and the community but i kind of struggled this week with a topic i know it's my turn and i'm like what can i talk about and it was nothing really super passionate that i was like we have to talk about this thing and i i, I was kind of struggling but i received a message from mm-hmm. a local a local um cross-dressing male to female nice and um, this is a person who, uh, a little bit later in life, uh, came into their cross-dressing and is still kind of trying to feel their way as to like what to do and, and how to approach it. And they left, uh, her name is Jill, and she left me a message this morning. Hey, com- Jill. <laughs> Shout out to saying. Jill. What, what? What, what? <laughs> so she asks, if I was to dress is that Starbucks that we met at cool with it? Now, just the background of that conversation is uh, her and I met in mail mode uh, because she had learned about me and learned that I was local to the area. And we met up like at a lunchtime during the week and we kind of have a conversation about like, you know, cross-dressing and what brought us Mm. to where we are. And so she wants to get out more. And she has kind of like a midweek availability Uh, not the weekend. So that kind of doesn't fly with my availability. So she was basically asking, it's like, well, if I go to that same Starbucks that Savannah goes to, will it be okay? Sure. And I was like, sure. You know, she's like, well, I'll dress conservative. You know, I'm like, that's great. It's (laughs) like, that's probably appropriate. Um, Right. But it's like, it, it actually brought up to me the point of and maybe maybe you can draw some light to it too, is it kind of amazes me in this day and age, 21st century, 2020, that we're still struggling to understand like where we can go as cross-dressers and feel safe and feel accepted and validated. And uh, I guess I was just kind of like, oh, like it was a surprise. It's like, of course, you know, of course Starbucks will accept you. Yeah, it was just it just kind of threw me off a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, people still don't know, like where they can go to feel that way. Yeah, they don't, and that's why. Depending, I've been um, in a bunch of different groups and in a bunch of different um, communities of crossdressers. And what's re- what seems to be really helpful is when there's some sort of directory, like a local directory where they have local businesses that just based on the cross-dresser going into these businesses and having these experiences, whether it be a hairdressing place, a wig place, shopping, um, just having a list of places that are cross-dressing friendly, that are trans friendly, that are accepting, where they have had a good experience. So that list that comes together, you know, let's say it's yearly, is extremely helpful. It's also extremely helpful to put on businesses that aren't aren't cross-dressing friendly so that people know, okay, I'm gonna stay away from that. Um, Because stepping out is nerve wracking and going in public is very, I can only imagine, it's very stressful. So if you have, whether it be a recommendation from a friend, you, or some sort of like guide, some sort of map, some sort of guide so that you can feel like, okay, this has been tested. It has been approved. Like, and I think that there, because you're so comfortable and you've 
you've really found a home at that Starbucks. And when you move out in the world, based on just doing it a couple of times, there has been some, some breakthroughs and some um, ease to it. So you may not think that it's still a thing until it's brought to your attention. Yeah, Does that exactly. make sense? It absolutely makes sense. I kind of have forgotten, I guess I had forgotten more than I learned in the idea of like somebody who hadn't done it before because right. I've been doing it for so many years now. I mean, but in the same regard, it has only been a year since I was terrified to get out of my car to go to Walmart. Right. Because I, I hadn't done it as Savannah before and I was petrified and I had to really dig deep to get out of my car and, you know, strut into, into Walmart and go get some feta cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That was a request by my girlfriend to go get feta cheese. And so I'm standing at the best damn feta cheese you've ever had. Ever. 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 Um, But it's an interesting concept. It going from such a personal point of view to a community effort to uplift your fellow crossdresser. Because you and I have both talked about it being such a personal needing to do the work, needing to get the courage, pulling in the, one one way of looking at it is pulling in the different resources within your own psyche and being mm. like, you got this, let's yeah. do this. And so I'm sure when someone else, maybe this is this person approached it slightly different than how you processed it and how you kind of evolved. Would or the you fact say that, yeah, well, I would, yes, absolutely. And I'd say that I was still too hung up on the idea that I kind of have forgotten my my coming outs and forgotten the trepidation I had of even just going to a gas station, you know, just at the pump at my car with a quick getaway. You know, I've forgotten those things that were very fearful when I first started or the first time I would do one of these ventures. Right. And and you're absolutely right. It's like I, I kind of I'm so comfortable in my own skin in many regards, not all regards. I mean, there's some places I would still be very hesitant to go to. Uh, but I think that's more of like, well, I, I don't want to really go to that biker bar necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'll stick with like places that are I know are trans friendly. I know Starbucks is a very big champion for LGBTQ. I kind of would love to go into a Chick-fil-A one time, just be like, mm-hmm. hey, I know how you your your what's corporate up? feels about me, but what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Um, just as right. because I'm pretty sure that if I were to go into a Chick-fil-A, I don't think that the, the people working a counter are going to necessarily care. You know, yeah. that's more of a corporate identity issue. Um, I would always love to test that theory because ironically, those two uh, Starbucks and Chick-fil-A are probably like a thousand feet from each other mm. by my office, which I think is kind of funny. But that barring that, but uh, yeah, I, I it, it really did hammer home the idea that we're all at different places in our development, all at different places in our comfort. And so Jill bringing this up to me kind of was a reminder of like, oh crap, I kind of forgot all those moments I had because I had moved past it. Right, right. And the fact that you're someone in the community that's visible, whether it be on social media or not, you're you're out, you're also out there in the world. So yeah. Jill asking you, I think you're a great you're a great person to ask, you know, I mean, there's a reason why there are blogs for like LGBTQ, like vacation spots or mm. cruises or, you know, don't go here and don't right, go here. Right. Like 
people need each other to be like, okay, you got my back. I'm just, I'm just talking to you because it's super scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. can I light a match in this area? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is, like whatever you're talking about. Yeah. Very true. And actually uh, just one other step, because that Starbucks that uh, Jill and I were speaking about is very close to where I work. I even said, mm -hmm. like, let me know what time it is. And maybe I can jump out of work for a half hour to meet you. Just nice. as Chuck, you know, just as Chuck, and I can be there for you so you can see that it's not so scary. Nice. Yeah. And all you need is that kind of what you said, that one lit match that doesn't blow up the entire area. Yeah. And when you realize, like, oh, it is safe here. And right. that one moment can change the trajectory of, like, your own confidence, which is amazing. Yeah. It really, I mean... And also a wing per a wingman. Yeah. You know, like just whether it be going out the first time after a divorce or this sounds kind of silly, but like if you've always had your hair long and like cutting it short is just entering, whether it be a high school, a middle school, some sort of public, an office space where everyone has seen you in such, that that is a very kind of you're being stared at. I mean, it's a new, it's a new take on you basically. Right. Right. And what would be tremendously helpful if you had a coworker to be like, I got you, you look great. This is new, but just, you know, I'm here. Yeah. You know how yeah. uncomfortable this is and I'm here. And how ironic is that, that fear of making that change of going from like super long hair to like a pixie cut, let's mm -hmm. say, um, and then loving it for yourself. Yeah. But being trepidatious about what other people might think of it it's as such if, a reaction it's right? such a re like it's such a i don't know if it's just like for a lot of guys i can imagine they don't feel that way unless their beard is like represents armor for them and then suddenly they shave it and they're like naked that's a whole new subject that i can just i have i have words about that okay we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> but, put a pin on that one too please um but there's something about altering your appearance dramatically and then exposing yourself to a group of people that know you. I in the, mean, in a, the other way. In the yeah. other way. And, and yeah. so I relate to, to that. I mean, I can definitely connect on a cross-dressing, non-cross-dressing level with that feeling. But then I'm sure it's like magnified by a hundred. Right. right. Right? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Presenting yourself, I mean, whether it be for your partner or some barista that have seen you every day and be like, hi, it's Steve. You know what I mean? It's me. Do you recognize the, the pupil like, the pupil, in my uh, eyeball? Yes. But I'm actually Stephanie today. Let's have a talk, you know? Well, here, here's a, a little tidbit for you. There is a barista named Lee um, mm. who has- Haley. Haley. Um, <laughs> not Haley, but Haley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they- had never seen Savannah and I have been going to that store a little more often lately because of the kind of uh, loosening of the restrictions on being able to sit in the, the store. Yep. And they said, uh, well, I never see you. I've never met Savannah. You showed up and I wasn't there and I still haven't met her. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, they were there today. Mm. And uh, they saw me and they put their hands over their heart. And they were really happy to finally have seen Savannah, which made me feel so good. Oh. Um, unfortunately, Lee was working. 
And I think Lee was like, you're not leaving yet, are you? And I'm like, no, I can stay for a few more minutes. But unfortunately, it was right before having to come home so you and I could get started. So mm-hmm. I had to tell one of the other baristas, I'm like, hey, let Lee know that I have to go. You know, I'm so sorry that you know we, we can't hang out for a little bit. So Did you know she would be working? Uh, no, honestly, I didn't know her schedule, but I was very happy she was finally able to to see Savannah. I mean, you're wearing a, in a new dress. And a new dress, got it right? yesterday. Yes, I'm very happy. Um, my girlfriend and it's I cute. went out. Thank you. I, I really love it. It's uh, it's like I don't know what would you call it? like a swing dress. I don't know it's what. It's like what, a, a shift dress. I mean, it flares at the bottom a little bit. Down or it flares. It flares like a, a little swing bit. dress or a. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a slight A line. Yeah, so I'm like loving it. It's like it has um, um, a shell, like a white shell underneath, and then a lacy, very floral, kind of swirly filigree pattern, like with aquas and mints. Oh, just it almost looks like a tie dye almost. If you study design and someone was painting an overlay with like different paints, yeah, like I feel like they dyed it with different shades Mm. of blue and and green. I don't mean like peace, man. (laughs) Not <laughs> it's a, it's a, no definitely not i mean choice. yeah it's definitely scroll work it's like i'm looking at it now it's got filigrees and some flowers and then the lace kind of like uh, the lacing itself so it really has a great patterning to it lovely lovely doll face thank you it is funny because we went to dillard's because they have these like 60 to 7 percent off clearance Ooh. but unfortunately they, all that clearance stuff got moved to another store mm. so we ended up going to jc penny's and getting two dresses i have two dresses very similar one they with are like very similar yeah well one's you got texted me remember i did i know but this is for the listeners oh, oh sorry sorry they're <laughs> listeners hey hey oh the room stopped the word sorry hey hey everyone no hey, i'm li- totally aware of you i oh. love you all <laughs> Well, this one is the one with the lacing and the other one has just got the pattern built into the material itself. So it, it only it doesn't have the shell. But I love the them. Hemline? Where's the hemline? Um, it goes Above to a little, yeah, just, just a touch over the knee. Good for you. Thank you. I'm trying to be more uh, mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dressed like the 35-year-old that I am. <sighs> denial. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I am queen of denial. So, no worries about that, but let's. <laughs> but let's not stray too Savannah far. Savannah Hawk is not thirty-five. That is absolutely true. Uh, she is twenty-nine perpetually until the wrinkles really start showing up, and then we'll then we'll reassess. Uh, but the idea that we? I'm like, well, where were we? Well, before we go way too far afield, I want right. to kind of get back to your impression because you have had so many clients, uh, people who maybe never have gone out before. Um, they're they're here to see you and to kind of take that next tentative step, either sure. with with you at their side as the wing woman or you know, to just kind of like push that amount into the world, like a little baby chick for their next Mm. adventure. Um, What would you say, aside from a directory of local businesses and establishments that you know to be safe, how would you otherwise help somebody decide like where to go? Um, Because 100% as of right now of my, the work I do is virtually, um, I would definitely encourage them to go online read the reviews, maybe call up the place mm. and be like, look, I'm a cross-dresser. How do you feel? How, how would you protect me? Or, or oh, nice. is this a place where, you know, just ask, ask, get it right out there. I mean, you're not standing there or are you LGBTQ friendly? 
and, and just see what they say, whether you feel like you are even near to that, you know, LGBTQ, you identify right. or not. If they say yes, then you know it's a place that would be open to supporting someone like you should, should they clock you or should, should you have a certain interaction that is unkind based on who you are. Right. I think ask, calling up the place and asking or somehow researching if they're LGBTQ friendly is a great place to start because okay. cross-dressing isn't really something that you can call and be like, I'm a cross-dresser. I mean, you can, sure. but I feel like that gives you a sense of a place. Okay. What I wanted to say in response to that, because those are all amazing things, uh, the one other thing I would add to that is you know, there's nothing stopping you from going to those establishments in your mail mode, mm. right? It's like you can, you know, just be aware of your surroundings. If you go to, um, like, you know, you go to work and then you go to this eatery during your lunch break and you can be very aware of like the people around you, wait staff, uh, whoever's working the counter. I mean, you could get a pretty good sense of like what's happening in those establishments just in general. So, I mean, I think that in addition to making a call, asking if they're friendly, being aware of like, oh, look, half their staff is LGBTQ, or they have right. pins that are supportive of the cause. Um, or like during the certain months of pride, like you see that they're very engaged in the support right. of it. So there's other ways as well that don't necessitate a call, but you definitely should, I think every day you're going to know like where you feel safe. Mm. And you feel comfortable and you feel like, oh yeah, I've been here. I, it's familiar to me. Right. Like right. for me, like for me going to Walmart that one time, yeah, I've been in Walmart, but I don't know. I just, I did not have a good sense of it in terms of like, mm. you know, the people going in there and, right. and even uh, additionally, you want to hear a, a, an anecdote again is going to Starbucks and being concerned about the church crowd Mm. that was going to be letting out and coming into Starbucks in droves For after sure. at 11 a.m. And I said to the one of the people there, Daphne, shout out to Daphne. What, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have like a little... Uh, I don't know, a little sound effect for all our shout outs. Um, but I said, hey, I'm very concerned. I mean, like half concerned, but I actually vocalized it and said, yeah, what's going to happen if like a bunch of people come in from a very, very animated sermon where the preacher is like, and we will send all these people to hell. And they get really like, you know, just rah-rah about it. And they come to Starbucks immediately thereafter and see me sitting there. To which she said, if anybody even tries to lay a hand on you, we will come over to this counter and take care of it. Nice. Yeah. Which, yeah, someone who has your back. Yes. Which I was, it really, I, I almost broke out into tears because mm. it was so, I mean, she was meaningful. It was like, if, it, if they even try it, I will come right over this counter. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I love you. <laughs> yeah. And building a relationship and a rapport after going to a business for a while, I think is a safe place to start. Yeah. Especially if, I mean, who's to say they're not going to reject you on the spot when you come out about your female persona? It, who's going to say that they're going to want to continue to foster a relationship with your male mode or look at you weird? Sure, it's a, it's a risk, yes. right? Yes. But I think it's a safe, it's a safe risk if you develop some really pure and true relationships. And if Great. they don't want that part of you, that's a part of you. So I guess they're not as genuine as, you know, 
Yeah, absolutely agree. Not as it, genuine. I, I feel weird ending on that. Not as genuine, but they're not as, they're not able to love you entirely. And I mean, and that may be important. It may not be. Like if I go to a department store and I want to buy myself a dress, I don't know the clerks. I don't know the sales associates. And at the end of the day, I don't think they care. They just want to make a sale, you know, to, to keep them in business. So most people in the retail space are not going to be overly judgmental, I don't think. Because I've I've been very trepidatious and I've been like, um, I need a raincoat. And they're like, oh, who's it for? What's the size? And I'm like, well, right. in reality, it's for me. And they're like, oh, okay, let me help you. Right. And they were very supportive. And I don't know that person, but they they tend, in my experience, have the willingness to look aside whatever their personal, whatever might be to help you. And I, uh, clients of mine told me recently as they're just kind of stepping out for the first, a handful of times that if someone's willing to engage with you and it's not like, I'm going to kick your ass, you know, if someone's willing to have a conversation with you, that to them felt like they're open to seeing you as a person mm. to their, that their, their intentions can't be bad if they're right. willing to have a conversation. Right. And I thought that that was really interesting and very great indicator of safety. You know, if they look the other way or if they're stop talking or if there's any sort of aggression, no, if they're willing to have just a, a regular conversation that that shows that they're, they have some sort of compassion. Yeah. And I think that, like you said, if you've already have, fostered and cultivated a real kind of friendship between you or maybe not a friendship but like they know you and they know that you're genuine and they know what type of person you are and the kindness in your soul that kind of thing if you've gone to these places in mail mode and have fostered that and they're like oh my god it's steve hey steve and like you bring your joy and you bring your confidence and your money like you bring your money (laughs) and you know what i mean yes and your money like there's a business (laughs) exchange and they don't want to lose the client kind of thing yeah yeah as well let's add that in that's true no i mean that's what i was (laughs) saying about the the retail space is like they're there to make money and make a sale and if you come back and come back come back that's fine too if you foster that relationship and they see you every Every day, and then all of a sudden you come in as Stephanie instead of Steve, and they see you, and they may be shocked. They're like, "Oh, I don't." They didn't expect that. That wasn't part of the day they had planned for themselves, and they may be like, "Oh my, wow, that's I'm pretty amazed that this is you too." So there's that opportunity for them to find that fullness of who you are versus the "Oh, oh, you're that." I think. As crossdressers, we need to be a little less obsessed about the belief that everybody we meet is going to just look at us with such disdain. Mm. And I know it's out there. I know there is people who abhor it as uh, just a fundamental belief for themselves, like what what and who crossdressers are in society. But I've been lucky enough in my own travels to have not found any of that. I've only found people either ambivalent, indifferent, or very surprised and supportive of what I'm doing in life. And that's, a, that's amazing. I mean, I think that when I hear clients come back from an experience, whether it be their first or second or third time, there is this sense of amazement that it wasn't as scary as they thought, that yeah. the world did not end, that they <laughs> felt that people were nice. Like, it's just kind of like, come out, come out wherever you are. You know, it's just this moment where they're like, I'm out and I didn't die. 
Right. And I think that when it comes to facing any fears, it's like if you've survived that, if you did the thing that was the scariest thing inside your head and you survived, you didn't die, Yeah. then you, you survived and you can do it again and again until that fear gets smaller and smaller and yeah. smaller. So much so. So much so. And I think we've talked about it before where my biggest fear was the assumption of reaction. I have been yeah. so conditioned to believe that every glance, every stare, every double take was a reflection of how much they hated me as mm -hmm. Savannah. And then, just like you said, every time I'd step out, and of course you're going to get those people like who double take and triple take you and be like, what's going on over here with this person? Sure. And I get that. And that's, again, that's not what their day was planned out to be. They didn't expect to meet, you know, a man in a dress. But yet, I'm sure some people just said, oh, look at that tall girl. Or is that a man in a dress? I'm kind, I don't know. I'm thinking I'm being clocked, but I'm not. You know, there's all those assumptions that I have made with every person who ever glanced at me just to be proved wrong on 98% of my fear. Mm. So the more you go out, like you say, the more you go out, the more you realize, oh, that was false. Because in reality, people who have looked at me didn't do anything. People who double took me, it's like, oh, there was this one guy out of 10 who like, gave me kind of this snicker. But at that point, why does it matter? I don't know this guy. I'm never going to see this guy again who was another patron to the place I went to. Right. So why do I care? And as obvious, as obvious as it is to you and to so many that step out that you're just, you know, clocky Clockstein, you're just like, look at me, man in dress, wah, wah, you know, look, I'm here, freak show. Like, first of all, people <laughs> have lives. People have dramas in their head. People, have, if someone gives you a look, it could be based on the fact that their wife is in the hospital mm. and they're in, in their head about some memory they're flashing to and it could have nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think because the fear is so visceral and wanting to blend in is such a high stakes kind of thing, you already assume that you're not blending in to you. So you already ruin the dream for yourself by just being like, well, I'm assuming that everyone sees this giant, I'm a do, you know, this giant flashing, like, look at me, I'm different. Right, but really, right they have their own lives and their own um, agendas and their own pain. And I think that they're just going through their own personal hell, just like everyone else. Right. As much as I can't speak to the cross-dressing experience and the kind of vulnerable exposure that is this experience, I cannot, I, I don't know what it's like, but I do know what it's like to be in such um because depression and anxiety is such a personal thing, especially depression. It's so selfish, right? I know what it's like to be so obsessed with what people think that it becomes a selfish thing. And mm. I'm just, I used to assume that the car behind me, because they were making like a certain face of annoyance, I could have been at a stop sign. And I was so aware of what the person behind me thought. And they had a disgusted face or, or a face of anger or whatever. Of course, they're thinking about me, talking about me, about how I'm driving. I was at a stoplight. That's not possible. Right. Like people could have been listening to a song that they just like had like, you know, death metal on and were just like giving this like <laughs> raging. But I took it so personally. I think we all take things so personal, like a personal attack that it's, right. it can be dangerous. It could just, it's, it's yeah, what goes it's on in our head. I tell you, our brains are the most powerful tool we have, and they are the most deadly tool we have. Yeah. 
because it cuts both ways. Unfortunately, it cuts both ways. I wish that I hadn't been conditioned to believe what I thought everybody was thinking about me. Yes. And I'm not saying it wasn't a falsehood as I was growing up, because obviously those stereotypes existed. Obviously, I had experiences that reinforced those things. I was told those things by my parents and by the community, uh, you know, the general community. Um, so it exists and it existed. So I'm not saying that these things are not true. Right. But I'm also saying that the general public, just like you're saying, everybody out in the world is not out to get you. They're going about their own lives. If they you don't... look at it that way, if you perceive it that way, they are. Like it's come, if you feel yeah. left out at a party, the mm-hmm. more you feel left out, that's what you'll see constantly. Right. The more you feel rejected or different, you're putting yourself in that other category. Yes. You know, it's, it's your mind. It's your mindset, right? Oh, I don't totally. know if I took what you were no, saying and went in a totally different No, no, you, you didn't. Actually, you know, as always, everything you said leads me to another story. <laughs> I went to a, a private party, a private cross-dressing party. So you pay like admission to get in and it's a safe yeah. environment. And it had been the first time in a while since I'd been out. This is still in New York on Long Island. And I went to a party. And, How many people? Um, I don't know, maybe 20 to 30. Okay. And it had like there was a it was a bar with a long you know long bar on one side and some high top tables and a pool like table a mixer, in the back more of a mixer like up. a mixer just like people having like kind of like a speakeasy social thing. Mm. So I go and um, this person's talking to me about oh we should you know talking about our lives and like our upbringing and who we are and how we got to where we are and it's like oh we should play pool. I'm like oh, I would love to play pool. I'm terrible at it, but I would love to play. Well, the, they said okay, let me go get my purse. And I was like, okay. And that person didn't come back for like 40 minutes. Mm. I, because I was already being very self-conscious about people liking me. Yeah. The first thing I thought is that, oh, they left and come back. So they really don't like me. Mm, they they were just being nice. Oh, of course. And just trying for any reason to get away from me. Oh yeah. Cause that's a thing that happens when you're at bars and stuff. Oh, I'm just going to go, but that's a, freaking lame excuse to not want to be with someone but that's a real that's not an insane thought that you had no but that person did finally come back mm. <laughs> and we did okay. play a couple rounds insane of pool. No, just <laughs> irrational fear <laughs> it was and that was my problem it was like and i stepped away from that evening with all this angst in my head mm. about oh, why did i feel that way why am i so insecure why did i believe that this person upon meeting me hated everything about me and it's like you said your brain loves to make shit up right it is so oh my god yes it it is like it's one goal in life as a muscle is to create every scenario (laughs) of angst that it could possibly do to you yeah you were at a bar they were getting their what were they getting well, they, were, they were getting their purse, but they didn't say why. I thought they were just getting it so they'd be closer to them, you know, like okay. not have it so far away. But then they started talking to other people and they ended up talking to other people and then they ended up talking to other people. And, well, you and got I, trapped. I mean, you, you've been trapped before in a situation where you're trying to get to yeah. where you need to go and you're at a, an office or make some event and people are coming at you. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I yeah. can't be rude because they'll remember I'm rude till all of time. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, but being that person waiting yeah. and, and not getting that instant feedback of like, literally it takes someone two minutes to get their per. Where are they? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, that must have felt so vulnerable and there must have been such an opening for you to fill your tank 
with so much bullshit that you're yeah. just like, you know, why would they want to talk to me? Would they found someone better? Like just all yeah. that narrative that just pops during the vulnerable waiting point. Yes. So true. So true. And like, so yeah. I, I, I kept that with me like the entire evening, even when we were playing pool, I was still like, mm. like in, in my own head about it, giving it, you know, giving it space in my brain sure. to fester. I had to go home. And in and, your body, I'm sure. In my body, like in yeah. Your energy. Yeah, my energy dampened, and like mm-hmm. I went home and told Judy about it, and you know, try to vent it all that way too. And yeah, you know, and unfortunately, with so many of us, sometimes the one piece of validation that somebody gives us after so much consequence and, and obsession and negative feelings, unfortunately, isn't enough to to build the dam back up. Right. Right. Which is terrible too. And I know we're getting off topic, but really it is all on topic because we're dealing with people going out in the world. Being and, visible, putting yeah, yourself out there. Yeah. And we have to put ourselves out there in a way that we are confident in who we are. Yes. We love who we are. That most people's opinions shouldn't matter to us because we know who we are and love who we are. And just find those spaces where that one nugget of negativity you may receive or come across will not destroy all the positivity you've gotten otherwise. Yeah, and that's why um, the energy of clothes and the energy of the kind of ritual of dressing and wearing something that you feel amazing with in a ama- with and on and in your body and you're able to stand up tall and just feel vibrationally amazing i think that contributes to that narrative inside your head that you're able to continue like if someone was to leave your side for a moment hopefully you have enough um good juju in what you're wearing and and your placement your physical placement in space that you're able to just count on that for good vibes and good self-esteem and confidence. And that's yeah. why it is so important, the work that I do, because it is really hard for trans women and cross-dressers to blend in versus if you were a trans man. It's a lot mm. harder and you don't know what you don't know and you're just trying your hardest, right? Yeah. And that's why reading information on your body type, getting to know what sort of cuts look good on you. All of that contributes to your self-worth when you step out in the world. Yep. Agreed. And knowing the, knowing the style rules and, and feeling confident in your body, because I know I can get on a whole, <laughs> a whole freaking Ted talk on this subject, but if you're not dressed in a way that is a safe for the environment be that you don't feel good in it's putting you in a vulnerable place yeah it's putting you um in a scenario that you may feel more self i don't know if you were wearing something that made you feel off or whatever it was or if it had anything to do with that but maybe you didn't eat enough that night maybe i mean there's so many factors that go into cultivating this high self-esteem so if someone was to step out or someone was to be like i don't like what you just said you can just be in yourself and be like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, rather yeah, than have it yeah. be this crushing force. Right. Well, the, and there's a lot of things. Totally agree. Uh, by the way, to answer your question, no, I wasn't wearing something I was really uber confident in. Mm. I put it on because I think it was something that uh, we had bought 
Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I should wear this. And I did. And I didn't, I didn't really love it, but I wore it anyway. It didn't feel like you. It It didn't, no, it didn't feel like me. It really didn't do the trick. It didn't make Mm -hmm. me feel, it didn't elevate me, my spirit or, you know, like I said, as you said, like the clothes make you, but also you make the clothes. Uh-huh. It is synergistic. Yeah. Oh, did you I say that? that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because uh, it's synergistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can feel sexy in the clothes you're wearing because they are sexy in and of themselves. But you also bring that sexiness to it by like right. how you react to it and how you embody it. So it's not energy. just like, yeah, it's the energy. And it's like I said, it's synergistic, it's symbiotic. It's not just like, I wore this beautiful garter belt with stockings. Well, yeah, that's sexy in and of itself, but it's how you felt in them that then elevates you way beyond just the sheer garment itself. Um, But the one thing I wanted to say about that episode was there was a lot of uh, cognitive disorders where, and the one thing specifically was that one negative truth that erased every positive truth that was actually there because that's all we focused on. We focused on that negative moment. Therefore, everything else didn't count. Right. It's like getting your report card or your kid's report card. And there's so many ways in which we exceeded or we did great. And then there's that one comment that you're not able to see or like an audition, wherever you're putting yourself out there, that one little comment has a way to get in. It's like ink. Was it ink in the oil that just like destroys you? Yeah. Yeah. doesn't matter how pure everything else was. Has the power to. Yeah, it, it's true. It has the power to if you allow it to. Yes. Um, and I just hope that for the folks listening, that, you know, be confident in yourself, being confident in what makes you, you be mm-hmm. confident in what makes you different. Mm-hmm. Now, other people may not appreciate what makes you different, but your confidence and your awareness and your just love of self comes from knowing one, that you're not termly unique, but knowing that you are an individual and that you are the best you and you're just living it. Yeah. You're living it. You're your best self and no one can take that away. If you get yourself aligned with who you truly are, no one can take that away, especially without your consent. Exactly. And that's where I think I'm finally, and again, I'm, I've been doing this for so many years and it's only been in recent years, couple years that I've recognized that it has nothing to do with the people around me. Yes, Mm -hmm. I want to be visible. Yes, I want to be in public because there is, in my head, there's a rationale that being out in public makes me normal. However you want to take that word. Mm -hmm. Me sitting at home behind closed doors and drawn shades does not make me feel like a real person. It still makes me feel like... Well, I'm, other, I'm, yeah, it makes me feel like, well, I'm doing what I want to do, but as long as nobody knows about it, then it's okay. No, it's not okay. You're an outsider. You're, you're in hiding. hiding. I'm hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to be in hiding. And, you know, my girlfriend and I spoke about it. She says, well, why can't you just be okay with doing this at home? Because she wanted me to be protected and safe. Sure. sure. And I said, well, because it's a cheat. I'm cheating. I am at home. Yes, I'm dialed up. You and me are playing Scrabble. <laughs> or I think we're playing Scrabble. And so we're just sitting there and I'm all dialed up in Savannah and she's kicking my ass at all the games she pulled sure. out. Not sure. 
Who's no, I'm set? trying to hear the story. Yeah, screw her. Screw her. I'm already on her side, by the way, with this one. I'm already like, oh my gosh. She is so good. Woman. She is so good, by the way. She is she is a terror at these games. Uh, so I don't hold that against her. I'm just teasing. But the fact that she's like, she was happy that I was home and doing what I needed to. But for me, I didn't understand. I didn't have my finger on the pulse of it that second. But I, when I had to actually answer the question, which is no, to be here is just another reminder that I should be ashamed. Right. So again, for me, being out in the world is an important part of being Savannah. But then it took me another bunch of years to recognize people don't care mostly. It's like you keep yourself safe. This is your car. This is your, you know, your thing to conquer. Yeah. It's your, it's, it's your need to be seen. And, and just from your girlfriend's perspective, just the idea that, you know, this kind of checklist Well, you're getting your needs met, meaning you're able to be Savannah, you're able to dress, you know, we're in a place. We're in a safe place. You're at your home. Like that's somewhat, that's something that like, if I wasn't involved in this work and I haven't been schooled by so many cross-dressers and to get my understanding of this as a, as a wife, as a mother, as a parent, I very much relate to the idea of like keeping this person, you know, you're getting your needs met. No, no, you are meeting the need of like your, this is your spouse's threshold or your girlfriend's mm-hmm. threshold. And you're, right. they're able to meet and she's able to meet you there, right? In the middle somewhere. And right. that's fine with her. But the idea is that you're not getting your needs met. No, not completely. Right. You're dressing, you got your, your, your presentation down, but in order to fundamentally meet your needs and maybe that this doesn't come with a partner because that's not what it's about. It's about the individual quest for satisfaction yes. and completion. Um, for you, that's stepping out. Yeah. So. It really is. And again, even going back to the point of what my girlfriend was talking about, I was not all that happy with like, well, why can't you just do it here? I felt that was a slap in the face at the time because I was defensive. I was like, well, this is just less than, yeah, it's adequate, but it's not what I'm trying to do. And it doesn't make me feel complete. Mm-hmm. And everybody, every crossdresser is going to have a different threshold of what makes them feel complete. Like right. some people may be very happy with just being at home with their girlfriend or spouse or whatever. And, you know, just like having a dress up day on a Saturday night. But for me, this Savannah is so fundamental to me that it is very important to be that person that feels accepted, invisible, and validated being out in public. Now, I'm not looking for validation from other people. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love when the baristas want to see me. But at the end of the day, it's the fact that I can sit at a table at Starbucks, do my thing, drink my coffee, and people just kind of like, go about their business, don't even mind me. And if they do mind me, or if we do strike up a conversation, I can just be that person to, you know, have a positive effect in some way. And you've done that through your, it's, it's kind of like an, um, a raging ocean slapping against jagged rocks. So you went there so many times as Savannah, it wasn't always comfortable. Um, it's kind of like when you're jumping in that cold water or like I said, an ocean kind of slapping against that rock and eventually the rock becomes smooth. Mm. 
right? I love that. Yeah. Or like if you're jumping in chilly waters, you're, you know, your body just goes out into freak out mode, but the temperatures adjust to it. Yeah. Right. Your body adjusts, you're able to then finally kind of swim a little bit. So all the work, all the discomfort that you pushed through and broke through got you to this other side where you're able to now say, okay, where else? What now? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Right. Like, yes. And and like I say, anybody who wants, anybody who's in the mindset to be supportive or inquisitive or curious, or I don't really necessarily understand what you're trying to do, but I will be there for you. Mm -hmm. How can you not look at that person with like some awe and some- That's what I say. Yeah. Gratitude of like, wow, thank you for stepping on this path with me, even if it's tentatively. I mean, that, that you're willing to face the briars with me. Or read your book. Oh my gosh, I read this book. It changed my life. Do you think you and I can sit down and like talk about Savannah's mm. book together and like, look, I've underlined the pages. Can we just, and, and something that I was really thinking about that you have said before is once you come out to your partner or your significant other or your spouse as being a, a cross-dresser, that you need to give them, not only you've said you need to give them time to heal, adjust, adapt, but, and I forget breathe, but I forget how you said it. But basically the idea was that they can't be a prisoner with this information. So just Mm -hmm. because you're closeted, you need to be kind enough to let them go to their girlfriends, their sister and, and process and talk about that. And I think it's so important because here's this thing. Okay. We can all, it's between us. And, and it's like, what resources do they have? Right. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to be mad at the person you're mad at and be like, right. I only can come to you even though I'm mad at you. Or I only can come to you because you're the only person who's a crossdresser who I know. And it's all about you that I'm dealing with. Right. It's like, like here's that- this bomb shit here. I just dropped this thing and, but it's okay. Come when you're ready, but let's keep it between us. It's like, right. that's not uh, healthy. No, that's maybe they have a therapist at best, but it's very true. Um, yeah, I was always of the mind when I, when I told any, anybody, I was like, if you need, you obviously are going to need to talk to somebody outside of me. I can be a resource. I can point you in the direction of books to read and sites to go to, but I can't be the resource and the subject. If I tell, if you ask me a question and I give you my answer, that doesn't make me the authority on it. And you can't just take me verbatim because you have, I get it. Yeah. There's no pat answer about it. And I wish there was, but everybody is so individualized and so their everybody's experience is so, you know, just present for them that, Mm. you know, a pat answer is not going to do it. And they're not wrong in feeling that the way they feel, meaning, Not the cross-dresser, but the person that they're connected to. It's easy to be objective when it's somebody outside of you. Right. Like, it's a lot more difficult for any of us to say, well, if I saw a car crash, I would instantly run into the the burning, whatever, and save everybody. You don't know it until the moment it happens. Right. And so I will say, there's so many things that people have to understand, which one is okay, now you're living with this person who is different than your expectation. Now you may be completely like, that's so cool. Let's, let's 
have fun with it and let's go forward or like give me a minute or I'm not sure I can contend with this. Again, now we're talking about the partners. Um, mm-hmm. And then like, oh, what about family? All of a sudden you have to become the champion for the cross-dressing partner because if you can't defend, and again, defend is a wrong word, but if you are not a champion for your partner's, you know, who that person is, and all of a sudden your your mother-in-law or your your sister's like, ugh, I can't believe that so-and-so, you know, is doing that. How do you put that. up with that? How do you put like, up with that? You? How do you deal with that? It's like, that is such a terrible thing. One, because now you're feeling invalidated right. for loving the person you love. Right. And then having to now become an educator, like, all right, well, listen, this is what the deal is. And it gets very clinical, but very emotional. And they get very personal. It's like touching a pregnant woman's belly. It's like, first of all, can you ask before you invade, mm. like, my, my being? It's like saying, so how's the set? Like, it's like people <laughs> feel like once, once this information is out that they can invade, yeah. invade someone with questions and and. I mean, I guess I'm glad they feel safe, but it's like, wow, this is my marriage. This is my boyfriend. This is my, you know, partner. I'm in this. Like, maybe you can ask me how I'm feeling rather than being like, so are you worried that they're going to, you know, transition? Do you guys like share clothes? Like just that list of questions where it's just like, hold it. This is the person you know yeah 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 back up back the f off (laughs) (laughs) and there's a couple things to that there is i went to keystone conference that was in harrisburg pennsylvania they didn't have this year but last year we sat through a bunch of workshops and one of the workshops talked about it was a spouse it was a couple a, a husband and wife uh the husband was in the military is in the military and um had to make decisions about transitioning So that's a whole other story. But the point of the story is the wife said to everybody in the room, yeah, nobody asked my partner about their cross-dressing or dressing. They all asked me about it. Hmm. Like nobody would like confront. So for me, it's like nobody's going to confront Savannah about the situation, but they're all going to go to the girlfriend and say, oh my Hmm. God, I can't believe this is happening. Tell me all about it. Dish, dish. Dish is like, I can't believe you're dealing with it, but nobody's going to like lay a finger on me because they'll feel like they're offending me. Oh, yes. And and nobody wants to be on PC, but yet they'll go to the girlfriend or the wife and say, I can't believe, oh my God, you're such a champion for having to deal with it. I could never. You're so kind. You're so good. You're so. And it's just like, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because for a couple of different reasons. The one, it's like, I'm just loving my person. Mm. It's, it's, you know, this is my person. This is a person I love. There's nothing right. above and beyond I'm doing besides loving the person for who they are. Right. All of a sudden for somebody to say to you, oh my God, I could never deal with right. all this extra stuff you have to deal with. It's like, no, this is just who my person is. And you don't know what you, like we just said, you don't know what you do. You don't know what you do. I don't know what I do if my child, well, I feel like I do, but honestly, <laughs> if my child said that they feel like a boy, mm. I know what like every part of my body says that I would do. And that's, I mean, I know that I would love this child no yes, matter what. And I, I know that, but I don't know what feelings would come up. I don't know. I, I don't know what it would be like. I don't. And 
I feel like for those people that are allies or fear, feel drawn to a certain population, I just feel like, please know that you're still kind of on the outside, like you're standing within this community, linking arms, holding hands. But I can't say that I know the journey. I don't. Nobody knows the journey until you're on it. So, And your journey would be different than my journey. I mean, you and I are on our own journey together. Yes, we are. And it's, it's, like I said, I know if it was you and your daughter and she had questions or she, I'm, as a mother, I know you would be crazy supportive, but mm-hmm. as a mother, you're also crazy protective. Yeah. You know, and there's some things that you as an adult know for your child, you don't want them to suffer. You don't want them to, you know, nobody wants somebody to be different. Right. And what you and I are doing is making sure that people know that there is nothing different about cross-dressing. And eventually people won't have to grieve and it'll be more of a celebration or it'll be more like, Oh, you're a cross-dresser. Okay. You know, I mean, at some point in our futures, this, you know, gender fluidity and gender queer and dual gender and the cross-dressing, you know, it's all going to become vocal enough that nice. people won't, yeah, and that people won't be like, oh my God, this is, I don't know anything about this. This is so weird. Well, it won't be weird because eventually everybody's going to understand what it actually means. Sure. And I I don't have a lot of like, what's below millennials? Like, what are the kids? <laughs> I don't know what they're called. They're called like the, the, the newest ones or something. Yeah. yeah. Like well, they're just like, mom they're trans so what like why are you making such a big deal you're making it a thing right right <laughs> i mean there's a whole like i don't know it, it's just a beautiful world and so is the the younger generation is just going to normalize this so much that all we can do is just kind of ride their coattails and thank the people before us who made it possible for them so and true. for us. So true. And just, yeah, but, just keep on pushing the boundaries. Yeah. I have gratitude for, we've said it before, I think like in episode two, we talked about the hope for the future yeah. and like the, the kids are this next generation is going to be the ones that everything's okay. Right. Um, but for you and me, like I said, in the meanwhile, we can't wait another 20 years. We, we no. feel like we need to do something now. Yeah, and, and it's not going to be okay. Like, I don't think that the generation, sorry if I'm butchering it, like Z, whatever it is, uh-huh. these, these kids, I, I don't think that they'll settle with, you know, I don't think they'd be okay with everything being okay. I think they'll get a little, a little restless, um, mm. but they will be there to speak their truths loudly and to just, you're right. Like a lot of these things that we, that are hot button issues may not be an issue. I can only hope. That's yeah. my hope. Like I said, it, it may not uh, help me. I mean, I'm already helping myself. I'm already, doing something passionate about with you, like mm-hmm. kind of getting the word out. And every time we hear uh, a response or a comment, um, it, it's, it just does my heart good. I don't care if it's 
like, why are you doing this? Or like, oh my God, you've helped me so much. It's like, for me, the fact that somebody would take the time to leave a comment and talk to us through our social media that gave us the topic for this conversation today. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Appreciate you. <laughs> Hopefully I'll see you soon. Um, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. It was like, if we can help one person at a time, you with Fox and Hanger, me with connecting with people through, you know, my, my website or my social media where they're asking questions, the books, that's all we can do. Like I said, I, I don't expect to be the champion of a movement, but I can be a champion for the next person that needs me. Yeah. And I can, and I can value the, um, the powerful healing components of having a crossdresser and a cis woman, you know, speaking on a podcast and talking about all these things. I, I can really appreciate the fact that there are people at home that would be able to identify with both of us. And I think it's really yeah. important, this collaboration. Oh, it's so important. Actually, I, I'm, there's a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours that has actually said that I had given voice to her husband, who's a crossdresser, mm -hmm. and you have given voice to her mm -hmm. as the wife. And yeah, absolutely, like, yeah, and we love her to death. And that's what it's all about. It's like about having the synergy of voice so that we can help. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. Thank you, Jill, for the topic. I hope we gave you some insight um, and things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's anybody out there who has a comment, who wants to tell us about their first time in public and how it We'd went. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. would love it. Thank you so much, Joy, for this Thank episode. Thank you, Savannah. It was wonderful, right? It, Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Love our time together. I love that we're able to connect with each other and with the audience. Yeah. And um, like I said, if anybody has commentary, uh, we would love to hear from you. Always. So bye for now. Till next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <clears throat> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor Copyright 2020. Yes, nailed it. We would love to hear from you because your story matters. Please comment and share on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.